welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, alongside my co-host, the Reverend David Petty. Hey everybody, we have an exciting show for you today. We are going to talk about the recap of the year. This year is 2021. For those of you that are listening to this 20 years in the future, trying to figure out what aliens were doing back in 20 years ago, Um, but this year is 2021. We're going to recap it, talk about our favorite games, talk about some of the games of the year that are up for Game of the Year awards, and uh, yeah, just in general, kind of talk about what we've been playing, some latest games news, and we hope you enjoy our content. As always, please check out our Facebook uh, group, check us out on social media, and without further ado, Russ, why don't you tell us the latest in news? Okay, the, the biggest recent news, and obviously it's been a while since we had a podcast, so a lot of news probably in the last couple of weeks, but we're going to keep it kind of recent. Um, the big one that kind of came out rumor-wise uh, started with a Bloomberg post that PlayStation is planning to reveal uh, sort of their new subscription game service that's going to try and not go toe-to-toe with Game Pass, but at least put them in more in the talks for a gaming subscription. Uh, coming from, of course, Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, who broke this news on Twitter with his article um let me just go ahead and read a quick synopsis here from the article again bloomberg jason schreier and then we'll get david's comments on this and we can chat about it uh, the service codenamed spartacus will allow playstation owners to pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of modern and classic games said the people who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak about it the offering will likely be available on the smash hit playstation 4 which has sold over 116 million consoles and its elusive successor, the PlayStation 5. When it launches, expect in the spring, the service will merge Sony's two subscription plans, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Currently, Plus is required for online and offers free games per month, while PlayStation Now allows users to stream and download older games. Documents reviewed by Bloomberg suggest that Sony plans to retain the PlayStation Plus branding but get rid of PlayStation Now. The other um, information on it was that uh the 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 system is going to be three different tiers so one is going to be your base playstation plus for just online play the second tier is going to offer benefits that allow you to play playstation 4 and eventually playstation 5 games and the third tier would include extended demos which we have seen in the news previously that there was rumors of this happening game streaming and a library of classic ps1 ps2 ps3 and psp games um huge news uh on my front being uh being an old school gamer i love that idea uh dave what are your thoughts on this and do you see your family pitching for the tier three or tier two to get those extra free games yeah i mean i don't know i think um the the big question is going to be what games are where and you know what are our gaming habits like at that point um you know i think that I think it's a wise move on PlayStation's part to try to to lower, not lower, but to try to uh, narrow the gap between PlayStation subscription service and Xbox's subscription service. Uh, we even, I think you and I both, more PlayStation fans than Xbox fans. I've got PlayStation, you've got both. Um, but we talk all the time about how Xbox Game Pass is the best deal in video games. Um, but PlayStation is hoping to, to narrow that gap a little bit. I think it's smart. Um, the big question is going to be what games are on it. And is it a good deal at the time? You know, um, we'll wait and see. If, if 
if PlayStation can get a vast majority of their past console games, um, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and also PSP thrown in there, which, you know, obviously th- that's coming to a new generation. Um, it depends, but if they could get a vast library that maybe even outnumbers what Game Pass has, minus obviously the, the other news in there was they were not going to go day and date with exclusives, which I expected from Sony because the exclusives are their bell cow. That is their their money makers. Um, and so to give those away for free, I, that, was, that was never going to happen. But, you know, if a year down the road you can get, you know, certain exclusives for free on... Yeah, I think that that uh, sounds like Russ is having some audio problems. That's okay. I'm going to jump in and uh, just say, uh, for me, I want to go way back with the comment about uh, older games, right? As much as I would love to be able to bring up an older game to show my son uh, or to show my daughter, here is what Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 used to look like, right? Here is what the whatever, insert old game here, used to look like on the old consoles, be able to bring it up and play it. I also think just from an archive standpoint, um, I've listened to them talk about it. Uh, you know, Troy Baker and Alana Pierce and Mike Bithell and uh, Austin Wintry over at Play Watch Listen uh, have talked about a lot uh, about archives of games and the idea that like we are living in a day and age where a lot of the art that is prominent in our pop culture may not be available years from now, right? There are certain games that 10 years ago were available and you cannot even play them anymore unless you download it onto a system and you disconnected that system from the internet so that it didn't get deleted when the content, you know, there's a whole question about digital archiving. I think that would be neat. I don't think it's a value add for me, um, but I do think being able to get PlayStation exclusives on day one could be huge. I mean, that's the thing with Game Pass, right? If I'm playing... 10 bucks a month uh, and it looks like rust your audio still isn't working if i'm playing 10 bucks a month if i'm paying 10 dollars a month for game pass right 120 dollars a year there we go i've got your audio now 120 dollars a year that's two full price games if i can get two full price games within that year or how many games that i would never pay for because i want to jump in i want to play three hours and say I've experienced what the gameplay feels like. And then last but not least, I love the idea of bringing back demos, right? We talked about this before the age of the demo disc is what brought us a lot into video games. So if they could do that more power to them. I, I mean, going back to the, the day and date, I don't think, again, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, not on the Sony side, their exclusives are too strong to give away day and date for a small subscription fee, especially with how much money Sony puts into each one of their exclusives in the studios. Um, it is a vast amount of money they put in and it shows with the quality that you get um, on the opposite side, the, the, the archive thing you talked about. I remember, I don't know who it was. I was listening to um, recently discuss this, but they said that we should get to the point, And this is something that would have to go through like Congress and, and, and all that. But, once a game is no longer distributed for purchase, it should be allowed to be freely traded, i.e., you know, the ability to download emulators and, and emulation version versions of the game online. If a game is not purchasable anymore, it should become common use type of thing where people can download it freely and for free 
um, going forward, because I think that's the big thing that we're losing right now with gaming is you're getting games that are no longer available. They're disappearing off the face of the earth. You know, the there's no uh, ability to collect it or to purchase it or anything like that. Um, and, and so I think to be able to like keep the legacy of games going at some point, we probably need to look at some kind of system that would allow us to get those games down the road for free once they've, you know, gone past their life, uh, life point, the shelf life, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then lastly, the, the demo idea I think is huge, especially, and I think this year taught Sony a great deal of lessons. It taught, taught a lot of people a great deal of lessons which is we've had so many games come out this year that are massively broken, that had massive issues, that had no way for people to try them. And what happened? Well, we go back to Cyberpunk and Sony having to give refunds to a game that they don't refund. They have no refund policy. If we could demo the games again like we used to, I think that would help us feel more strongly about purchasing games without the idea of I may need to get a refund for it. So I think all of these are going to be big steps towards a better future for gaming. Um, and I'm very interested to see what it overall looks like, what the pricing looks like, um, what the tiers look like. Maybe if they include other things, there was a rumor a while back that um, Sony did purchase Crunchyroll and that was supposed to be thrown into PlayStation plus. So if the tier three has Crunchyroll thrown in PlayStation one through PSP games, PlayStation four games, PlayStation five games. I mean, Crunchyroll could actually be a, a hidden gem that could be thrown in there to kind of put a leg up on game pass. You know, I'm not a big anime watcher. I know you're not a big anime watcher, but Crunchyroll is a very popular service. And if they have a way of lumping that in there, uh, I think they could get a very, very big chunk of the gaming community to come on board as well. So that's another thing to look out for as we find out more information from this. I'm wondering when we'll hear about it. Uh, with it coming in the spring, my guess is it'll we'll probably hear about it right before it happens. So probably some Sony event in the spring. However, for some reason, the next couple of weeks, Sony randomly announces a new event. Uh, you can better, you can make a bet that this will be revealed at that event, especially now that it's kind of gotten out there. Sony needs to get ahead of it and start getting the message out so people are are actually figuring out more about it. Um, next up, a little bit of uh, other news. Uh, the first ever Unreal Engine 5 uh, tease is coming to us through a Matrix experience for the Matrix, uh, the, the brand new reboot, Matrix 4 sequel, whatever you want to call it. We still don't really know exactly what it is and its relation. Obviously, characters are coming back. But if you guys have a chance, go look up the UE5 Unreal Engine 5 tease for the Matrix, um, the GIF gif whatever you want to call it version of of keanu reeves is looking ridiculous and as we've discussed on this podcast that we've discussed on our live streams that we've done um ue5 is going to revolutionize gaming because of some of the stuff that it brings in whether it's the assets of landscape and and backgrounds that it can bring in but the biggest one that i think we've talked about we we talked about directly on this podcast was the new create a human um uh formula they have in there the 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 way they have it done makes it super easy to get really detailed fine characters into the game without having to actually do motion capture or anything like that which is insane and it's gonna it's gonna open up so many things because now smaller studios that don't have budgets to bring in 
um, actors and stuff can do it all without that. So it's going to be a huge thing. Dave, what, what was your thoughts on uh, seeing the the Matrix uh, teaser and what UE5 is starting to look like here as we're, we're getting closer to the transfer over to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when they were talking about the upcoming release of the PS5 and we got the little tiny teaser demo yeah. of that game, you know, that everybody was like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to drop money for it, except for it doesn't exist uh, for Unreal Engine 5. Um, then the announcements about the, uh, I had to look it up, the meta human creator, uh, if you're out there, just Google meta human, uh, and you'll be shocked. Like the first few seconds of the video, you're going, that's a real person. That's a real person. And then some of the movements you go, oh, it's not a, it's not a person, but there's no uncanny Valley. It just looks so real. So I think both the combination of the meta human creator, I think the uh, digital assets through the Nanite library where people can pull in cinematic quality assets, rocks, valleys, mountains, and just go and drop them into a video game. It's, it's going to be a game changer. I mean, what's possible. It's kind of like uh, in some ways, I think it's like what, uh, Oh gosh, unity, right? What unity did for video games, bringing easy access to video game creation, this is going to do even further. I do think there's one caveat, one setback that is uh, disappointing is that from what I've heard, the UE5 demo of the Matrix game demo thing is only going to be available on the next latest gen Xbox and the latest gen PlayStation will not be available at all for PC. So I think a lot of PC gamers are going, hey, wait a second, I've got a 3090 and I'm running an, you know, a uh, latest Intel processor and I've got, you know, 64 gigs of Ram, you know, what are you, what are you telling me? But I think it's smart because one of the things we remember we talked about was that the, uh, solid state drive recommendations for the PS five, right? Right now you can't just go get an M.2 card for your PS five. It has to be very specific. It has to be fast enough. It has to have a big enough, um, buffer or cash or whatever, not going to get into the technical details, but it's got to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Probably 95% of the people that would want to try this new UE5 demo on their PC are going to be sad to find out, myself included. I only have a NVMe, what, third gen uh, yeah, M.2 third card. Gen. Yep. Not as fast as the M.2 that's in the PlayStation 5. Probably not fast enough to run Unreal Engine 5. I would be disappointed. I'd have to go spend $400 to get a new M.2 card so that I could try the demo. Um, so I think it's smart, but I do think it's disappointing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to, to see this. Um, just an FYI for those of you, depending on when you get this, um, it is available for pre-download right now on PlayStation 5 and Xbox. Um, and it will be announced and revealed on Thursday at the Game Awards which is a great segue. Love when it works out like that as we segue into the next part uh, that we're going to talk about. But we are going to talk about the uh, Game of the Year Awards. We got the Game Awards on Thursday night. Always a fun event to get to watch. Um, Lots of different awards. We're not going to go through all the categories because my goodness, are there a lot. 30 Um, different categories, but we are going to go through at least some of our favorites. Yeah, let's hit some of the major ones, the ones that everybody talks about. We'll save Game of the Year for last, but um, let's go with Best uh, Action Adventure Game. Um, 
I don't know what you categorize that. So it's it, it categorizes it as combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Uh, the nominees for this year are Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Uh, now, I have played Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I have Resident Evil uh, Village and Metroid Dread on my shelf. I have not gotten to them yet. They're in my backlog, so I can't comment on those. Out of those games, I'm going to have to lean towards Ratchet and Clank for me because um, I think that one is just so creative. It looks so good. I, I, I will be honest. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It was an amazing, amazing game. Um, but I could see just a little bit of repetitiveness from, from that game that occurred as I played through the story that I did not get Ratchet and Clank um, and that story there. It was pretty much all new stuff. They kept it going. They kept it uh, fresh and clean. Uh, Dave, any any guesses on what you think would win? Because I don't think you've played any of these games I this year. I did not or play Ratchet any of these games. Uh, no, my, even, even Ratchet and Clank. My wife played a bunch of uh, Ratchet and Clank, uh, the remake for PS4. Um, but we did not get into Rift Apart. Um, I would love to play Marty Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, but haven't gotten there yet. Um, I'm going to throw a shot in the dark here. I think this is going to go to Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't know why. It's just my feeling. So we'll have to see what okay. it gets. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Resident Evil Village, while it had a lot of things going for it, uh, having not played it, but just watching other playthroughs of it, I don't think it's going to make best action adventure. Um, but... I'm going to put my, my money on Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. And to be clear, I am betting $0 on the game awards. Well, um, I want ratchet and clank to win. I think in deep down Metroid dread will probably win it. Um, cause that's been on a lot of people's boards as far as that goes. Dave, you want to pick another category you want to look yeah, at? I'm, I want to jump into best indie game. Um, cause I've always had a place in my heart for indie games. I think, uh, indie games are like the heart of the games industry, similar to the way that, uh, in the film industry, like everybody who makes films, even if you're if you're a filmmaker for the big Hollywood studios, there's something about the the guts it takes to make an indie movie or an indie game to go out there and say, look, we don't have the publishing arm of you know an EA or you know Sony or Xbox, <laughs> you know. We don't have the marketing budget that Microsoft has. We, you know, we can't do the giant uh, announcements that any of those companies do. We've just got this scrappy little game that we're going to do our best with, um, which is interesting to look at a game like 12 minutes in there because of, uh, and this is side note, fascinating conversations on, on the costs of games and why they are what they are like 12 minutes cost nearly nothing to make except for like the $30 million they spent on voice acting or some ridiculous amount. Um, but best indie game, let's just go through it. Best indie game is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. We've got 12 minutes, death's door inscription, Cana bridge of spirits and loop hero. I think this is either going to go to Cana bridge of spirits because it was just such a phenomenal looking game, such a, a fun game. My wife's been playing it a ton, and I think it it blew everything everybody out of the water, um, especially for an indie game and a first game from Ember Lab. Or I've heard a lot of really, really, really good things about Inscription, uh, mostly because I listen to the Playwatch Listen podcast. They talk about it a lot. 
Uh, I've heard a lot of disappointing things about 12 minutes that even the voice acting was kind of, why did they spend so much money? Uh, and then I have not heard much from loop hero or death's door. Russ, what do you think out of those five? Um, I've heard actually a ton on death's door. Um, so for me, it's going to be between Kana and death's door. I hope Kana wins it. It's kind of weird thinking that Kana's an indie game, even though it's Ember Labs' first game. Um, it was really marketed and kind of pushed as a AAA title. Uh, when you play it, it feels like an old school. Somebody described it when it first came out. They said it is like the old Ratchet and Clank, Spyro, kind of mixed with, you know, a little bit of so many different genres you got a little bit of uh demon souls in there with the combat system a pixar movie uh just so many different things that they hit and do a good job of uh highly recommend that if you have a playstation you get to play that game so um i hope i hope that it's uh kana bridge of spirits yeah all right why don't you take us through the next category uh let's see let's go to best role playing we always got to get a good rpg in there um for all our listeners and oh my goodness what is nominated for best rpg but cyberpunk 2077 did you ever play cyberpunk did you get I through any of the whole it? thing you yeah the, no, okay. I, beat the, I beat the game okay i, I beat it all right i'm um, still waiting for the patch that's gonna fix <laughs> i i i went for the platinum trophy and i had a glitch happen to me of course uh in my uh completing all of, like the side missions and so i've been just waiting and waiting and waiting at this point i'm like i'll wait till it comes to ps5 and then i'll try and platinum it uh other games that we have for rpgs this year we of course got monster hunter rise scarlet nexus uh shen mega megami tensei 5 and tales of arise um i've heard good things about scarlet nexus uh i think monster hunter is just a big juggernaut i could see it winning I don't see cyberpunk winning. I think it's there just because unfortunately this year, I feel like we had kind of a low year for RPGs. Um, last year we had a great big uh, amount of RPGs that came out, uh, which, you know, gave us a lot more options this year. I think we've got, you know, kind of the niche RPGs, especially the, the JRPGs and things like that. So uh, I, I'm going to guess that maybe monster hunter rise wins. Um, I'm not, into a lot of these rpg games but thought we would go over that for those of you who were um dave what what else do you want to go over real quick do we want to want to do yeah i wanted to go into either art or music okay let's uh let's do music so you best but wait 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 wait. before we get into that why don't we do sports is there sports best uh (laughs) best sports game you want best sports and racing category or maybe best family game uh best family game okay all right so uh, i jumped family into family game, game here so I'll, I'll announce this category we've got five games up for best family game this is the best game appropriate for family play irrespective of genre or platform uh okay. so we've got five games up first it takes two from hazelite studios second we've got mario party superstars from nintendo uh, new Pokemon Snap for Nintendo, uh, then Super Mario 3D World Nintendo, and WarioWare Get It Together from Nintendo. So we have four Nintendo games <laughs> up against one EA game. Um, best family game. I'm, we started playing to It Takes Two. I think it's a great couples game. I don't know about family game. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one 
again, having not played any of the Nintendo games, my Switch has been tucked away for a while in a box. Uh, we need to get it out and play with it more. I'm going to guess Mario Party because I feel like that's just a classic, but I it's a good guess. I have no I have nothing to go on. So I I'm going to go with it takes two. I have heard countless things from everybody about how it, it's a must play. It's an amazing game this year. Um, if it's not going to be up for any other big, big, big awards, uh, it, it definitely should win for best family, which game. it is up for many other big, big awards. So <laughs> what's your so next category? I, I, um, let's, let's go with best performance. Let's go with the actors. I love, always love this category. Um, our cat, our nominations this year are, uh, Erica Mori as Alex Chen from life is strange. True colors. Of course, the amazing Giancarlo Esposito as Aston Castillo from Far Cry 6. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn from Deathloop. Uh, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu uh, from Resident Evil Village. And then uh, Oziami Akaga as Juliana Blake from Deathloop. So two Deathloop, uh, the two main characters from Deathloop being represented here for best performance um this one's a hard one uh because i think all of them did an amazing job um of course giancarlo esposito an amazing actor i'm gonna go off the board a little bit and say that jason kelly is colt did you finish Deathloop? the way i i have not finished death loop i okay i'm about i'm about i think five to eight hours into it and just kind of um got a couple other games at the time and i i just wanted to change it up a little bit but um i get it i get the appeal and it's it's a really cool idea and cool game and fun thing once you start get going and getting better it's one of those games the further you play the better you get and it makes it easier so you know um very similar to returnal and hades and like i said it's been the year of the loop game the rogue game uh for sure this year a lot of those games up for a lot of awards. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Dave, your right. thoughts. Who, who, um, who do you think is going to win? Again, having, I, I got Deathloop. It's on my my log of games to get to, although, as I told you earlier, I'm waiting. I've heard you got to take five hours or so the first time you play it, so I'm, I'm still waiting to carve out those hours. Um, I don't know. I've heard amazing things about Life is Strange. I love Giancarlo uh, Esposito. And, you know, you got two actors from Deathloop, which tells me that that's a great game and is probably going to be up for a lot of other awards. And uh, I don't know. I guess I would probably go with Jason Kelly as well, just looking at all the other awards that Deathloop is up for. Um, either that or Giancarlo Esposito, because he is who he is. Yep. Okay. Um, do you want to do uh, a music or a best score? Yeah, let's do um, best score and music, and then we'll get to game okay. of the year after that. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good um so yeah our our cat our our nominees for this is uh the artful escape cyberpunk 2077 death loop marvel's guardians of the galaxy and near replicant um i am gonna go with guardians of the galaxy because they did bring in the 80s soundtrack they do an amazing job of incorporating the soundtrack and making you feel like you are star lord and that music plays an important role in who you are as a game um also the the background music and just the regular music besides the licensed soundtrack uh, is great. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably not going to win too many awards this year, even though it's a great game. I think it's up against some hard competition in other categories. This is the one where I think it's an obvious nod, and that's what it should win. So, Okay. 
Yeah, I've got nothing to go on here again. Uh, having not played these games, I would love to play Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I think, um, to your point, I think the fact that in Guardians of the Galaxy, in many ways, the soundtrack and the score are almost characters in that franchise. Um, they play such a big role. It's almost like you know leading character uh, more so than background music. So I'm going to give it to Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Okay. So, all right. Game of the year. Six yeah. nominees. Why don't we alternate on these? Uh, okay. For the game of the year, it says recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So why don't you announce the first one? I'll announce the second. We'll go on from there. Okay. Uh, first one, of course, Deathloop from Arcane Studios and Bethesda. Next up, we've got It Takes Two from Hazelite Studios and EA. Metroid Dread from Mercury, Steam, and Nintendo. Then we've got Psychonauts 2, Double Fine, and Xbox Game Studios. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Insomniac Games, Sony Interactive. And last, Resident Evil Village from Capcom. So Russ, if you had to pick one game that is the absolute best experience, what would it be? Well, this year's interesting. Most years you have one or two games that really stand out. Um, this year, I don't think any game clearly ran away with it. However, and again, just thinking back on previous Game of the Year award or Game Game Awards and and the Game of the Year awards and all that, um, I think to be honest, it's going to come down to. I I think what's going to win is going to be Metroid Dread. Um, I just have a I have a feeling that that's going to be a big winner. It it, it reviewed really well. It did really well. I know Deathloop did as well. For some reason, I'm just not so sure that they're going to be able to pull it off. And unfortunately, Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank, I think they have kind of that, not childish, because again, two of my favorite games. Psychonauts 2 was great. Ratchet and Clank was great. I, I just don't think it's going to get and garner the attention it needs to for game of the year. Um, and then Resident Evil Village, unfortunately, I think it got voted in because it was a decent game. It's not perfect. It's definitely not game of the year worthy. Um, great game, but not game of the year. Uh, if it's between three, I think it's the top row of the website, which is Deathloop. It takes two Metroid Dread, and I think Metroid Dread is going to take home the crown for game of the year this year. Dave, what do you think shooting, stabbing at the dark, which one's going to win? Um, I think if we had to choose, um, again, having not played Metroid Dread, uh, I've heard a lot of really good things about it. And uh, I also think it's probably the closest thing to, I don't know if, if you would call it like a, I don't know. The, the weird thing is typically in the past, I feel like you have some sort of action adventure RPG, you know, you've got some major AAA game that's in this category. And this year you don't, I mean, I, maybe Resident Evil Village. Um, I mean, Deathloop, I would, I would consider Deathloop is probably the biggest. But even that it's, it's kind of an experimental game play mechanic, right? I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like the year where we had, was it all in the same year where you had, um, God of War, Horizon Zero, maybe it wasn't Horizon, but you had like God of War and Red Dead. Yep. It was God of War versus Red Dead. And there was something else in there that were all kind of in that same third person 
action adventure RPG kind of thing. I don't know. So I feel like probably I'm going to give it to Deathloop with okay. a Metroid Dread as a close, close second. Um, but from what I've been playing of It Takes Two, that's a close third. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. no. Which is tough because I think the other thing we talked about a long time ago with PlayStation 5 seeing what's possible through ratchet and clank rift apart. Yep. Phenomenal, uh, experience there just from what I've seen, uh, in being able to swap out worlds and the graphics and just, I don't know, really cool. But so here's the question for you now, Russ, aside from the game of the year awards, what would you say is your favorite game you've played in the past 12 months? Uh, that's an easy one for me. I'm a little sad that it wasn't up for game of the year. I thought when it came out, it was going to be a game of the year candidate, at least. Um, I think what hurt it was, it was one of the earlier games of the year. It always hurts you as a game. When you come out really early, if there's not enough buzz to carry you through the rest of the year, you may lose out on some game of the year, but that for me would be returnal. Uh, I put the most time into that game. I had the most fun with that. Uh, it really clicked with me. Um, I, I beat it. I'm only a few trophies away uh, from a platinum in it, uh, which is not easy. It's probably one of the harder ones that I've got from having to beat the game multiple times. Um, so Returnal for me, definitely. Close uh, second and, and third for that would be Ratchet and & Clank and Guardians of the Galaxy. Other games that I platinum. So all three games that I, I have nearly 100%ed, I 100%ed Ratchet & Clank, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, have not on Returnal. I still have some collectibles to get, but um, games that I spent a ton of time with that got a lot of value out of them, as I like to say, for the year. So for me, those are my three games with Returnal being my favorite game of 2021. Dave, out of what you've played this year, what what would you say your favorite slash Well, of both year? of the games that I played this year. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, um, gosh, that's a hard one. I I really have struggled to play many games this year. Um, I've just recently gotten back into Half-Life Alex, which of course was up for game of the year last year. Um, based on my experience of it, I'm kind of surprised it didn't win. Uh, although I've heard a lot of uh, people talk about the fact that it was not well reviewed for game of the year because you had to actually play it to vote for it. Uh, and a lot of people didn't get a chance to play it. Um, being that it was only on Steam for PC, not any other console, not any other platform. Um, so let's see here. Uh, games that came out this year. I really spent a ton of time just digging into MLB The Show. I thought the fact that it was finally cross-play, cross-platform. You know, it, it was a beautiful moment of PlayStation and Xbox when you see that game loading screen that says, you know, on the Xbox. And it loads up and says PlayStation Studios. I mean, how cool was that? Um, it was it was a moment for sure. So, you know, I think other than that, other games that that I've been playing through. Gosh, I don't even I don't even know what games I've played through. I've played through so few this year. Tough in a year when I moved. But um, I'm going to I'm going to throw Half-Life Alex out there, even though it's not this year's game. Uh, for me, that's my this year's game of the year. Uh, and I was going to mention, it looks like uh, Returnal was nominated for three awards. It was nominated for Best Game Direction, Audio Design, and Action Game. So maybe it gets those three. We'll see. But yeah. it'll be an interesting Game of the Year awards year for sure. 
and we will probably make a mini podcast episode. Uh, I'm going to say this. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Uh, it's a tough time of the year for those of us in church work uh, getting into December. But we might make a mini podcast episode circling back saying what did win, what we thought was going to win and how it didn't. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, anything else to close out before we end this podcast, Russ? Um, let's just go through real quick some housekeeping action items we've got coming up. Uh, we wanted to give a big thank you to everybody that has participated so far in Extra Life. Uh, we are around $300 raised for Extra Life this year, uh, which we do appreciate every single dollar that we get to do those kind of things. Um, we're also uh, planning a big uh, live stream in January where we will be joining forces with other Methodist gaming groups on the internet, whether that's Methodist Gaming or Checkpoint Church. So be on the lookout for news and information about that. Uh, it should be a fun time come January for a nice um, long stream with all of those folks. Uh, and then also um, we are going to be, we, we meet just as a reminder, regularly Monday night on discord, feel free to come and join us. Our discord has blown up. I think in the last month or so, I mean, we're, we're way over a hundred people in that discord. Um, come hang out with us on Monday nights and uh, be able to chat with everybody. Uh, but we are going to be looking to do a kind of Christmas party, discord party, whatever that looks like um, with prizes and, games and we're just going to be playing a whole bunch of games together having fun on the internet having fun online with each other um and and having a chance to celebrate another year of us doing crossfire faith and gaming here during the christmas season so make sure you guys keep an eye on all that and if you want more information on any of that stuff make sure you go to our website at crossfirepodcast.com it's right up there if you're watching on the crossfirecast.com or churchforgamers.com, any of those will work. And you can get all the information about our Discord, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is you want to do with us, you can find it on our website. So make sure you go and check us out there. Dave, you want to close us out for the night? Sure thing. I'll just say again, uh, I, we are so blessed to have you guys listening to us. Uh, we can't uh, thank you enough for being a part of our awesome community and for continuing to just be a community at the intersection of faith and gaming uh, and to have these conversations about the things going on in the gaming world. And then we come together and do devotionals on, on Discord. We pray for one another in times of uh, difficulty and we raise money for amazing charitable causes. So uh, those amazing things, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Please check us out on our social media platforms and let us know if you enjoy the podcast we'd love to hear from you i know sometimes it can be kind of a one-sided channel but we'd love to hear back from you so please just drop us a line let us know if you like what we're doing if you want us to do something different uh, whatever we enjoy you listening and we hope that you will stick with us for future podcasts and this is uh, the end of this one so signing off we will say have a wonderful day and uh, good to some good in the world we'll talk to you next time Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Crossfire.